one important step is missing. <laughs> the book as connecting to the rest of the business or the book as uh, identifying the ideal client and attracting that client. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Larry Roberts back with another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. And I've got somebody on the podcast today that is an author. She's a writing coach. She brings a whole lot to the table. I'm going to tell you all about her right now. Aurora Winter is her name, and she's an award-winning, best-selling author, a TV producer, media coach, ghostwriter, and successful serial entrepreneur, as many of us are. Aurora uses her filmmaking expertise and even some neuroscience, now you're speaking way above my pay grade, to help people communicate and get results, whether it's raising seven figures for a startup, negotiating for a raise, or enrolling a new client. Do you want to write a book? Do you want to create multiple streams of income with your successful business brand and book? Then stay tuned and welcome to the show, Aurora Winter. Hey, it's so great to be on the show with you. And I'm so looking forward to giving your listeners tips on how they can turn their words into wealth. Man, you would think we polished this before we hit the record <laughs> button. This has been just one smooth transition after another, man, and I love it. So... Aurora, seriously, welcome to the show. We we chatted a little bit before we hit that record button. And man, I, I love what you bring to the table because you, you're already energetic. You're already engaged. And I mean, I was like, we have to stop talking because we're losing out on so much good podcast stuff here. So thank you. Well, absolutely. I mean, so many people spend uh, so much time writing their first book. On average, people spend three and a half years writing their first book. And then typically they haven't put any thought into what's the back end, what's the marketing. So unfortunately, after all that effort, their book misses the market, misses the audience. It doesn't get the readership that it deserves. They just, it's not their fault. They don't know how to frame their story. So as you were saying before we started recording, so many books read like pity parties <laughs> instead of reading like, oh, this person's being authentic and vulnerable and they're sharing their hero's journey. And I, you know, got to listen for the turning point because they're sharing their story to help me, the reader. Yeah, I think that's interesting because, you know, especially today, self-publishing is very prominent. And I assume there's probably been, if it's anything like the podcasting space, there's been a surge in self-publishing over the last year and a half or so while everybody's trapped at home and looking for that creative outlet. Now's the time to write my book. Have you seen that on the forefront? Absolutely. A lot of people are taking advantage of, you know, this time at home. Like it's one of those projects that you think, oh, I always want to write a book. 80% of people want to write a book. So you're not alone if you're listening. But what's kind of unique about my perspective is because I've had a background in film and television and because I've studied neuroscience and because I'm a serial entrepreneur, I bring the combination of the, the sweet spot of all of those three things. And so just for funsies, one of the things I'd like people to know is you can use a book to pivot your business, to, to test if a new product or new service is going to work or to help yourself get out of a career that you loathe and despise and start something new, but testing it first, which I think is important to do. Yeah, I, I, it's absolutely critical. And it's it's interesting that you do that because, I mean, as an entrepreneur, as a content creator, writing a book was one of the first things that I ever wanted to do. Believe it or not, you, you said you read part of my book, and I apologize for that. But I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always did well in my English classes in school. And so I always wanted to write a book. And it's funny that you said it takes three to three and a half years for someone to actually, most of the time, to write a book. 
And although you probably couldn't tell, I wrote mine in 20 days and it was, <laughs> it was, I actually signed up for a, for a challenge, right? Write a best-selling Amazon number one bestseller in 30 days. And it was interesting because as I started writing so much more, I, I was writing about podcasting and how to start a podcast. And I, I went at this thing for about a week and I start looking at what I've written and absolutely nothing is about podcasting. It, I just went on and on about me and this and that and these and those. And there was no way that this was a podcast book. So I had to go ahead and scrap everything and start over and start writing an actual book on how to start a podcast. It's more of a blog post with a cover on it, I think is what my book, it really ended up being. I like the energy of your book. It's friendly. It's like, you know, here, I'm your friend. I'm going to tell you how to, how to launch a podcast and don't worry about the expensive equipment, but here's what you really need to know. And I like that. I like that personal energy. I think that's another mistake a lot of people make. You know, they've they've studied so many books in university and so they, you know, come across with a very academic tone and then they get the footnotes and here's the research and you lose the energy. You know, I love what Joanna Penn says. She says, double down on being human. And I think that is exactly what we what we are best served to do. So I love that your voice comes out in your book as it does in your podcast. And while I I am an author, I've you know been writing since I was nine. I'm an award-winning screenwriter as well as an award-winning uh, book author. But I want to confess, like just you were as you were about yours, is I actually did produce a book that was based on a one-hour interview. So it was like this. Obviously, I had planned what I was going to say and I had some content. And yes, it was on the topic of how to fast track your marketing. And it wasn't all over the map because I had planned what I was going to say. But I used that one hour interview, which I quite liked and transcribed it and turned it into a really short book called Marketing Fast Track. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to test would people you know, would people be willing to invest in products and services related to me helping them with their marketing? That's why it was called Marketing Fast Track. And because at that time I was training coaches at the Grief Coach Academy. I don't know, grief, marketing, these things don't necessarily go together in the mind of the consumer. So this, but this little book, Marketing Fast Track, helped me test if that could happen, if people would be willing to receive me that way. And when it was only a PDF, I got new clients and I got on national TV. And then later when it became a grown-up book, like a soft cover book, <laughs> it actually generated $250,000 of new business in 90 days, which was amazing because my business was completely stalled out as one, I had gotten tired of talking about grief. And two, I had just finished taking my MBA in Italy. So really I had no revenue. I was like stalled. So it went from basically stopped to $250,000 of new business. And this book is coming out now, August 17th, the second edition, which adds what happened after it was published so that you have the benefit of this story. And what I really want people to know is you can use a podcast or a book or a video series, but do something to test your new product and service before you quit, you know, your high paying job or stop your business that you've gotten bored of, but that's actually paying for your mortgage, right? Let's have a little test here. And I was, I, I just want to be transparent that it wasn't $250,000 of money made by selling books. 
It was just offering the book for free to my list, which was very small at that time, about 12,000 people. People paid for the shipping and handling, which paid for the, covered the cost. And then I had various offers of things that I, problems that I could solve. And so that, that's one way that you can use a little book to make money. So that's this little book, Marketing Fast Track. But it's such a small book, then this book, Turn Words Into Wealth, you know, goes into much more detail about how many people have made seven figures by having a book as their, really, the initial way that people come to know, like, and trust them. And of those seven ways of making seven figures with a book, selling books is way number eight. So it's not your best strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Out of seven, it's number eight. Just let's reinforce that. Yeah. It, It provides a level of credibility in and of itself. You know, it's similar to having a podcast. It's a platform where people can come, get to know you, hear your message, hear your offerings, and relate to your personal brand. Absolutely. And understand whether or not that personal brand provides the value that they're looking for. And I'm wondering, because as a podcaster, one of the things that we have to do is make sure that we structure our podcast in a way that provides value to our listeners. Now, value doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily defined as monetary value or monetarily, as I was trying to say there, but it's value, whether it's emotional or whether it's instructional or it's it's value on on any level whatsoever. Is, Is that something that's part of those seven steps or how does value and bringing value to your ideal market come into play there? Well, my value filter is I, this is what I do and this is what I recommend others do. Like only offer solutions to problems that you can solve. To back up, entrepreneurs solve problems at a profit, right? Sure. So you need to solve a problem that the marketplace needs solving. And I always like to, for example, if somebody's investing, I don't know, maybe they get my VIP all diamond package for $100,000. I need to know in my heart that they can leverage that to make seven figures. So a tenfold return on their investment. Otherwise, I'm out to lunch, right? Or if they invest $10,000, that it's going to produce $100,000. And in fact, I do have that track record. I've had people come to me who have really great business ideas, but who had raised zero. (laughs) And we're on the verge of like running out of runway, running out of cash, and therefore closing the doors. And the average that they've raised has been $7 million per company. Wow. Yeah. The right message at the right time to the right people can have a huge impact. And I think that's a huge struggle. You, you mentioned the, the right message to the right people. As authors, especially not mainstream authors, how do we find that ideal audience that we could then turn into ideal clients? Well, this is what I'm so excited about self-publishing or what it's now called indie publishing because anybody can do it. And it's so amazing because Amazon is the number three search engine. So if you have a particular kind of expertise, you know, Larry, you help people with their podcast. So you've got a book on Amazon that can bring people to you. Maybe, you know, you can use another book that's got a a better title or more search friendly (laughs) things. (laughs) We can talk about that when we're not recording your podcast. But basically, Amazon is the number one number three search engines are after um, Google and YouTube. So I'm so excited about people being able to offer their expertise around the world. Now you need to have a good book with a good title and a good message and a clear focus. And then you need to add marketing because people don't stumble across your book by themselves. But if you add a book to a business, it can just explode what actually happens. As I 
actually learned myself by mistake. Usually the first few times I solve a problem, it's because I have a problem. And then I stumble across a solution. I'm like, oh, that worked. Maybe I'll do that again. And then I offer it to other people. So does that answer your question or were you going in a different direction with that? A similar direction. So we weren't 100% off base by any means. When we create content, whether it's a book or whether it's an audio program or whether it's a YouTube channel, whatever it is, as content creators, we're hoping to find those that consume that content. As an author, we're definitely hoping to find those that buy our book. You know, I have that claim to fame, if you will, of having an Amazon number one best-selling book in multiple categories, but I don't want to bust anybody's bubble but with just a little pre-planning, you too can have an Amazon number one best-selling book. Ha! But that doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna. You're going to be able to leverage that for additional business or even really additional exposure on a larger scale based on what your goals are. So, how do you help authors, and what are some things that they can do to to find that audience? I mean, I can help people tweak their podcast to find their ideal. I hate using the word avatar but to find their avatar. But we have to have that. We have to have an image of who's going to buy our book or who's going to listen to our podcast. What are some of the things you do to help people find that avatar or find that ideal reader in the case of a book? Well, it starts in the creation of the book to have a very clear reader in mind and to solve a very clear problem. So a lot of people, like, they're really writing a memoir and then they slap another title on it. So the bulk of the book's not really solving a problem. The other thing is, I don't know why people think that books should just sell themselves. There are so many books on Amazon. It's just like if you have a restaurant, you need to advertise. If you have a book, you need to advertise it. But the really cool thing about books is unlike business cards or Unlike brochures, people keep books. I say podcasts and books go beautifully hand in hand. A podcast, I would say, is more like a magazine. It has a certain kind of, oh, you want the more recent podcast? Probably your first podcasts are are excellent, but people want, you know, they want the one you did last week or or this current month. Or as books, I've had people contact me like after they've had my book on their shelf for five years. So I'm not saying this as clearly as I want to say it. What I want to say is that if you are an entrepreneur, I've primarily served entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders. Think of your book as part of your marketing funnel. I know that word even sounds icky, but think of it as part. I, I almost said it a minute ago, so don't 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 be ashamed to say in the word funnel. I almost used it. I almost used it. <laughs> what we want is we want online and then offline, online and offline, online and offline. If all of your content is online, you might grab the attention in the moment. But then people will forget, what podcast was that? What video was that? What, you know, where did I see that Instagram thing? So you want to be able to also have lasting power. So a book, I don't know anything that has the lasting power of a book. A book can be read, you know, hundreds of years later, thousands of miles away. It it can, it has that lasting thing. Plus people receive it like a gift, but it only costs a few dollars to print a book. What I urge business owners to think of is don't miss out on the number three search engine, Amazon. Get a book on Amazon, but have your book invite people to your website, to your podcast, to your YouTube channel, to whatever else you've got going so that it's a back and forth. And so now I've published six books of my own, including being a ghostwriter for some of my clients. So now at the back of my book, it's offering my other books. So you just wanna continue the relationship 
And I can't emphasize what a big difference it's made to my businesses having books. And I think it's the thud factor, even though lots of people like eBooks now, and I certainly enjoy audiobooks as well, but there's something about, you know, hardcover book, people pass it on. It's a great referral process. And also there's a value in writing the book. You get more clear what it is that you have to say and who it is that you serve. And I could give a couple of examples, but I'm talking nonstop here. So I want to let you butt in. No, you're fine. I'm, I'm absorbing here. Now, I did want to jump in and clarify. What is a, what is a fed factor? What does that mean? Thud. Thud. Like thud. Oh, thud as in, oh, that noise, that big. Okay. That we won't edit that out for emphasis. I The thud. Fa- I thought you said fed and I'm going. Is that P-H-E-D? Is it F-E-D? What could that possibly... It's got to be an acronym for something. I don't know what that means. So, yeah, I had asked. Oh, thanks for thanks for clarifying, Larry. <laughs> it's so hard to say. I have, a, I have another book titled Thought Leader Launch, and I have a website called Thought Leader Launch where people can get free videos, but I avoid saying it because it is like... <laughs> It's like so hard to say. <laughs> You're killing me here. It's, it's, it's hilarious because right now I have a difficult time talking because I've had some some teeth, some tooth, teeth, tooth, some work done on my teeth. Your teeth look great, by the way. Very nice and white. I appreciate that. The tops are done. The bottoms are in process and I've got a retainer in on the bottom right now. So I'm, I have a hard time talking sometimes and saying some of the things that I want to say because I've got this stupid thing in my mouth. And I, I really didn't take that into account when I underwent this wonderful oral adventure the first of this year. And it's not finishing up until around, well, I think I'm done. My bottoms will be done, I think, the end of November. But yeah, it makes speaking engagements and podcasting fun. Well, you're pulling off a great job. Well, because you're having a dental adventure, I'll give you an example from one of my clients who is actually a dentist. Uh-oh. So at, English wasn't even their first language. They they came from Vietnam. They had a whole really interesting adventure. But anyway, I interviewed them and, you know, using my, my MBA and background as a serial entrepreneur, I wanted to discover, you know, what is the value of your, your average client and your ideal client. And in dentistry, I learned a lot about teeth. In dentistry, you know, the average, they were doing the same thing as every other dentist, which is always a bad sign. (laughs) Don't be doing what everybody else is doing because then you're just caught in the herd, you know, advertising, you know, free exams, this and that. But actually they had explained to me that an average dental patient might come in and spend a couple hundred bucks. That's it. Then they won't see them again for a year. But (laughs) people over 40, such as yourself, could spend 5,000, 10,000, 15,000. Cause they're like, okay, they've got a career. They've got money. Oh, oh more. Okay. Well, how much are you? Are you? My dentist loves me. I'm, I'm worth uh, oh, a lot of clients, a lot, <laughs> a lot of clients this year. <laughs> so a 10 to $10,000 and on up according to Larry. So I, I, I realized, Hey, well, why just attract dentistry patients? let's attract your ideal client. And they had the expertise to go with it. Like they could do implants and crowns and da, 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 da. So their book is called Keys to a Healthy Smile After 40. Ta-da! And as a result, their business tr- more than tripled. It went from about 1.5 million to approximately 6 million. Wow. Because they were positioned as the go-to expert. And if you think about it, if you increase the average transaction from say $500 to $5,000, all of a sudden that's going to 10X your business, you know, rounding and oversimplifying. 
Obviously. So that's the special, my special sauce is I like to help people make it make sense for their business. And usually one important step is missing (laughs) the book as connecting to the rest of the business or the book as identifying the ideal client and attracting that client by solving their top of mind problem or, you know, just hasn't been thought through. And unfortunately, it's like a combination lock, right? If you've got all of the combination right, four to five, it doesn't open. Yeah, and I I think that's interesting because timing plays such a role there. And it's really understanding where you're at in your business and understanding whether or not you're in a position to where the book will complement where you're at. Because when I wrote my book, I was just writing a book. And I wanted to have a, a number one best-selling book on Amazon. That sounded pretty cool at the time, right? That sounded like it was great. And, you know, what kind of credibility is there with that? You're a number one best-selling author. Credibility for what? Because at the time, I wasn't doing, I wasn't helping others launch their podcast. I wasn't, I didn't have a podcast business per se. I had a podcast that was kind of floundering and wondering where I was going with that even. But the book was hopefully going to give some direction there. And in all honesty, I mean, I love my my author coach and the lady that helped me write the book. She is phenomenal to this day. She's great. I love her to death. But the book didn't accomplish really much of anything for me at the time. And even now, I don't even really mention it at all, at all ever. So, <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm, I'm goading you into it. Yeah, and I don't think we've said the name even now. The course, I, I made a course by the same name on Udemy, One Plus One Equals Podcast. And it's still on Udemy to this day. It does really well on Udemy. It got a great review, a rating and reviews on Udemy. So it worked well there, which is interesting, but failed miserably on the other side. Now, graphically, they're too, it's different as well. So maybe it just translated better on that platform than what it did to a book. Well, if you don't mind my asking, does your book mention your course on Udemy? No, because it, the course came after the fact. So the course came after. So it's that goes back to what I was talking about with timing too, because the book came first. Then I did a course and I, I was married to the name. I just loved the. I still think the name's cool. One plus one equals podcast. You know, we're just keeping it simple is, was what I was supposed to be saying there. But it, I didn't say that because then I followed it up with the subtitle of Simplifying the Equation of Podcasting Success. <laughs> I like the title. Maybe the subtitle could use a little love. But the cool thing is with print on demand, you can change your back matter. You can mention your course on Udemy. You can upload another PDF. You can have another print on demand soft cover book. You can instantly have another ebook. So get on it. That's your afternoon task. <laughs> I, I know, I especially as of late, it has come back to the forefront and I really, really want to completely re- rework that thing, man, and, and really make something, make it make it a viable product because I, I right now, yeah. as I look back on it, and I know as creators, we all evolve, whether we're authors or podcasters or video creators, whatever it is, we all evolve. And I'll tell you, if you're not turning around and you're looking behind you to see what you created three or four years ago and you're not cringing just a little bit, then you're not growing. So we don't want that. I love that you said that. I'm just, I used to think that only printed books mattered and I was kind of ignoring Amazon and I thought eBooks were like for rookies, but that's totally changed now, especially the pandemic. So many people are downloading eBooks and it's so great that you can click 
and get, you know, other things. So I'm going through all of my back matter, all of my previously published books to put it in normal language. <laughs> and uh, All of my back matter. I don't know what that means. What does that? Yeah. And, and updating them and adding, adding links and, you know, telling people what I'm actually doing right now and, and that kind of thing. And, and you can do that too. And I just, I just love that. So you have the combination of a long shelf life, but because of print on demand, you can also update it every day if you really feel like it, which is so cool because with traditional publishing models, forget it. They did a print run. You, you know, you had to go through the whole machinery if you wanted to update it. Plus, you know, if with a traditionally published book, most of the profit, you know, resided with the, the publisher, you'd have to typically give away the copyright for 75 years. <laughs> I know, insane. So, and even if they stop publishing it, you still were hosed. So for entrepreneurs, this new ability to, to tap into, you know, uh, book shepherds or ghostwriters or editors or cover designers and marketing and award-winning and this and that, all of these things are living online now. And with a bit of help, almost anybody can, can turn out a book that they're really proud of and with the right strategy that will also really make a difference for their business. You know, when my first book was published in 2005, which is called From Heartbreak to Happiness, which Dr. Wayne Dyer endorsed, is super proud of that book. And it's a beautiful hardcover book with golden boss and foil and this and that. And oh, it was almost impossible to get the book distributed. That's 2005, that's not that long ago. But now, you know, Amazon is open and uh, with my new book turned words into well for the first time, I'm going wide, which means not just Amazon. Amazon's not the only distribution house, right? Apple Books, Kobo, Nook, Google Play. There's lots of different ways to reach people. And I think if you have like a back end, you help people with their podcasts, you help people with various different things. May I ask how much your course is on Udemy? One plus one equals podcast. I don't set the price on Udemy. But it, it, they, they control the pricing unless I run a special ad. I can do certain special ads. But normally, it runs about $11.99 for the course. So basically, you could double the profit from a book if people also take the course. Oh, yeah, 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 easily. Yeah, so that's good. And does the Udemy course also say, hey, if you really want the VIP experience and you want Larry as your personal coach, go here to your website? No, you can't really do that. Udemy has some some strict regulations on how you can... They don't want you removing students from their platform in any way, shape, fashion, or form, and they will they look at that very negatively. So you kind of got to be a little creative to follow up with your students from Udemy. But you could probably say, you know, that Larry is the author of the book titled One Plus One Equals Podcast. Yeah, you can leave little breadcrumbs, but you can't... You can't just throw them the, the whole slice of bread. You know what I mean? So, And when you help people with their podcasts and they get the VIP experience, I'm imagining it's a lot more than $11. A lot more than $11, yes. Yes, it's considerably higher than that. Yeah, so. If either one if either one can act as, a, as part of your marketing funnel and bring you clients, even if they stop by your podcast for a few, whatever, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's... I mean, that's really the goal as entrepreneurs, right? Is having that that funnel and having that minimum viable product that you can put out there as maybe even a lost leader or adding to your email list or some ways to generate interest and get contact information and generate potential clients. 
Exactly. Well, the simplified way I like to put it to business owners is what are the questions that all of your prospects are asking? And where do you lose the sale? Like, what are the objections that need to be handled? Because people have the assumption, you know, because they didn't understand the way you pronounce thud, for example. <laughs> Although it is lovely to be able to talk to each person one-on-one on a Zoom call or over a cup of coffee or what have you, you're, you're only one person. All of us only get 24 hours in the day. So if you can leverage your time and make a product that can be be read, you know, a dozen times, a hundred times, a thousand times, ten thousand times, whatever. Then that's saving you a lot of breath. <laughs> and not only that, you have good days and bad days. So sometimes you're not going to give such a great answer to one of those frequently asked questions because you're in a cranky mood because I don't know you your cat got lost yesterday, right? So a, a book or a podcast or videos, all of these things, they leverage your time one to many. And if you have, if you want to have more than a, a modest income, it's important to scale your time. It, it is a hundred percent. And you have to have those multiple streams of revenue, especially as an entrepreneur. I think I heard the other day that you needed like 11 and I'm like 11. Let's, let's, let's tone that back a little bit. Cause 11's a lot, man. That is a ton of revenue. Regardless, you still have to have multiple revenue streams, even if you don't get up into the double digits with them. And this is a perfect opportunity to create something like that with a book. The other thing I'd really love people to to know is I want to bust the myth that it's all about working hard and long hours. Yeah, the puritanical work, work ethic has taken us far. What many people neglect is focusing on their message and understanding the neuroscience of communication and understanding the hidden structure behind communication. And so they're just winging it, but actually the words that you speak are the most valuable tools that you have in your toolkit as an entrepreneur. You know, Steve Jobs spent three weeks practicing to deliver those Apple launches. And I think that people, you know, we know how to talk. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're ready to be a podcast host, right? Or necessarily to pitch, to raise capital. So we all know how to talk, but we think, you know, the, the difference between just regular talking and actually being a podcast host or sharing an Apple launch like um, Steve Jobs did or doing a TEDx, this kind of thing, it's choreographed and it's rehearsed and the people understand the structure. So it's like the difference between walking and ballroom dancing. We all know how to walk, but that doesn't make us ballroom dancers. And we know when we watch ballroom dancers, we know it's been choreographed. We know that they've practiced. We know they've put in a lot of hard work to make it look effortless. And it's the same with being a great communicator, but it's really worth your time to study communication, to study the structure of, you know, how to tell a story, the structure of busting a myth, the structure of the hero story, and to, to lean into that because it's free. You keep it forever. You know, knowledge you keep forever. And it is the difference. It's like what the top leaders do, the top 4% really focus on mastering communication. It's something that you've got so beautifully dialed in, including your rich voice. I love your voice. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're making me blush here at the end of the podcast. So, so Aurora, I agree. Communication is so critical. How can our listeners communicate with you going forward? They can grab a copy of any one of my books on, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Turn Words into Wealth is my latest book. Marketing Fast Track is coming out August the 17th, second edition. So you can actually see the minimum viable product of a little book that actually launched a, a whole new business. 
I'm on uh, LinkedIn and my website is my name, aurorawinter.com, A-U-R-O-R-A-W-I-N-T-E-R.com. They can find out more or sign up for a strategy session and talk to me or somebody on my team about getting their book done. Awesome, awesome. And we'll have all that contact information in the show notes for today's episode. Thanks everybody and take care. 